Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am Ollie Davis and Laurie is mocking me for actually putting up my hands when I do the intro in celebration of welcoming podcast listeners because I'm excited. Hello, I am here. It helps the voice, it helps the delivery. It does, it raises me up. That's a thing. If you put your hands up above I'm your good. head, you'll, you'll get more, you'll get happy. Yes. Do you do, I used to do that before job interviews. Did you? I'd go to the cubicle, a toilet cubicle, put my hands in the air and smile like Finn Balor. And then I'd feel confident. No, you and then I'd go, you've got this chap. No, you didn't. Okay, you've got That's this it. I would, I would do the 10-minute uh, movie pep talk in the mirror before my job yeah. interviews. It's maybe a slap on the face. Yeah, yeah. Practice all the lines as well. Hi, I'm Laurie. That's, uh, no, no, that, that's, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. wrong. That's not, that's not. Um, hey, I'm Laurie. Hey, I'm Blorry Lake. I mean, oh. Yeah, no. Hi, I'm Luke Owen. Yeah. Well, that was that's how you auditioned. That is, here. yes, yeah. Hi, I'm perfect to be an imposter on your channel. So, what have you been up to over the weekend? I, I know we we just talked. We about have just it, talked about it. I had quite a quiet. I had a fairly quiet weekend actually. I've uh, been busy, so it was nice to be in the flat and yes. just enjoying being at home. Uh, I Where watched, you watched? I watched. Well, I watched a few things actually. I watched Split. Uh, yes. Following on from having watched Glass, which. Because a few people are uncertain when that came out. It was fr- it was last Friday, in theaters last Friday. People, mm-hmm. glass split came out, twenty sixteen, something like that. Twenty sixteen, twenty yeah, I think it was yeah, twenty sixteen. Wow. It was okay. I don't think it paid off on the actually having missed that film in the mm-hmm. whatever the East something, East Coast blah 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 trilogy. Is that uh, what it's called? Yeah, it's called it's called after the train. Unbreakable, tr- Split, and and glass. glass. They're named after the train. Ah, uh, the train that derails. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, having seen Unbreakable, very good. Having seen Glass, not very good. But James McAvoy being a an amazing actor in and giving a stellar performance in a film where he he need not have performances. Yeah, he gave multiple. But yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, McAvoy was giving. So much to a film that no one else was. Bruce Willis did not care. Bruce Willis gave no. zero craps. <laughs> but so I thought, okay, well, I'll go back and watch Split now because mm-hmm. it's on Netflix in the UK. Uh, thinking, well, this film just has James McAvoy in it. He was great in Glass. He was the best thing in it. You're taking so, out all the fat of yeah, Glass. We're taking out old boring Bruce Willis and. Samuel Jackson, who's not really doing very much, mm. and we're just we're just boiling it down to the twenty-four personalities of James McAvoy. Perfect. 
No. <laughs> I think the problem with it is, is because what I liked about Glass was McAvoy's got this amazing ability to switch between the personalities in a take on screen. And he does it through a mixture of changing his accent and his physicality. And he really, like, you actually really get sold on the idea that these are all quite distinct personalities and people. But also in Glass, they do quite a good thing of setting up who they are and what they're like. I hadn't seen Split. I didn't really know who Patricia was. But when they were like, oh, you're Patricia, you're this personality, it comes across quite well. In Split, they don't do that as well. They keep meeting all of the sort of transformation happens behind closed doors. Mm. So you don't see him keeps swapping between personalities. He goes out of the room, the door shuts, and someone else comes in, but still with James Kind Mac of like an face. old farce. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just this so many masks falling yeah. down. It's like quick change magic. Yeah. Um and he keeps doing that behind the door, but then you're only meeting people sort of in this really strange situation. So it's ne- it's not as impressive. It's an okay film. I was surprised by Mark Commode's review of Glass. Mm. He loved it. Did he? Yeah, he unequivocally loved it. And he said, he said, he says the genuine line, great all-round performances. I think he's, he's watched too many films that his brain has rotted. Yeah, too many films, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I think the problem is he's probably, there's so many uh, neural pathways opened up from watching so many films and having all that knowledge that it's actually made inadvertent links between things that he liked previously yeah. so when he sees stuff if he sees bruce willis his brain just fires off in all these directions and drags in every good bruce willis uh performance and he's like great acting from bruce willis yeah and he, he, he even says in the review there's a real exorcist 3 vibe to it I'm like, what what's going on here so yeah maybe that's it uh and you also saw bird box bird box finally did the bird box challenge which i didn't which is being blindfolded and trying to drive a car, isn't it? Or, or walk into Alexa Bliss's <laughs> changing room. Yes. That's the. I thought it was quite a good line in that little promo. You only brought this up. At the, yeah, so it was that and the sharp coffee cup. Mm. Laurie had to re-watch the Alexa Bliss segment today for the news. Yes. What punishment. I know. Punishment indeed. Yeah. Well, I just, I, it's a bit tacky, isn't it? I didn't like the segment at all. I just mm. thought it, un- it undermined her just as you're about to do the whole... Uh, women's tag titles thing and it just sort of like we're literally about to unveil two gleaming symbols of the women's evolution but before that we'll unveil two symbols of the women's past in WWE it's I was a wondering shame. where you were going with the boob I was wondering how's he going to work boobs into this <laughs> sentence in the way that he will <laughs> um, but yeah the, and then she also had a very spiky uncomfortable looking coffee cup that the guy was bringing her So you, a bejazzled coffee cup this was part of your news today so it was Alexa Bliss's idea. Apparently so, yeah. Apparently she said it was uh, she was doing it sort of a tribute to Trish Stratus, a throwback what to a rubbish tribute. Well, the problem yeah. is doing an unfunny scene. Yeah, and well, that's the thing is like, and also a tribute to stuff that Trish Stratus probably looks back on. Like, oh. why don't yeah? That, that's trib- that's really honor Trish Stratus and get on her hands and knees like a dog and bark and beg Vince McMahon for a job. Mm. Yeah, let's do a bra and panties match. Yeah really honour the women who oh, came before us yeah but Bird Box was actually I quite enjoyed Bird Box you've mm. seen it too have you I did uh, I thought it was very good I, I mean I don't want to spoil it for people but I thought the end was a bit the first hour is amazing it's mm. kind of the way with those not post-apocalyptic films but apocalypse films where you're in the fall so all the stuff going wrong when you mm. go from normal life to oh there's a weird news report 
huh, I'm not sure that woman should be hitting her head that hard on a glass window. And it, it all you watch society break down. Mm. I love that. I think that was really, really well done. <clears throat> and then the stuff in a house as well. And you intercut that the bottle with, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, uh, you intercut that with like the present where they're trying to do this terrifying journey down a river, her and her two kids all blindfolded. Because the gimmick of the movie is you can't see anything. They made the quiet place with eyes. Yeah, a quiet place for eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all that was good. It's but a then, great premise. I really like <laughs> it. I thought I thought it was laughable. But then I watched it and I thought, actually, this is really, really claustrophobic and well done. Mm. But they, yeah, the, the second half was just not as good. Because they, yes. I don't think they could deliver on all of the stuff they set up. I think it's, it's one of the, I think it was, yeah, I think paying off in the way that they paid it off of like wrapping it up. It was actually wrapped up quite neatly, I think. And actually, the more ambiguity you leave in the film, mm. the better it is. They made the very smart choice of never showing you what the thing is. Never having anyone even like people hint at what they're seeing. But never, no one ever outright just says, oh, my God, I am seeing my worst fears. Like people people say stuff out loud and then they then they commit suicide or try to kill themselves. And then there's all the, the crazy people who are like running around trying to get people to look at it because they think it's beautiful. But like and the, the pictures, um, but not showing you the thing is such a smart choice. It's yeah. the choice that Cloverfield should have made all those years ago. How dare you? You take that back about no, Cloverfield. Horrible, that is a flawless movie. Horrible, weird, gangly bat testicle flying around. Hey. Oh, what, so you would, have, you would have just preferred, like, a limb here? The glimpses... Ne- never the, the whole I thing. I thought the glimpses were very good, mm. and it's the same It's the same thing I think about the Alien franchise as well, because I went to watch Alien Covenant. The Alien Covenant was the last one, wasn't it? That was it? the most recent one. Yeah. and Prometheus... I think, Five. Yes, exactly. And so the, the the problem with Alien and a lot of horror films, once you take the creature out of the box, is that you can never put the creature back in the box. And it would be so brave to do an Alien film in which there isn't a 20-second shot of the alien riding the back of a spaceship going, Aah! Is that what happens? There's a shot of that in The Covenant. Wow. But that was in all the trailers. With its little tongue. Yeah, with its little <laughs> tongue. But it's just, yeah, the more, I think the 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 more restrained you can be in horror, the scarier mm. things are. Yeah, let, leave it to the imagination in the shadows. Absolutely. And I think it really worked in The Quiet Place because like, I watched it uh, with... You mean co- Bird Box? Sorry, Bird Box. You mean, oh, A Quiet Place, you mean Bird Box for ears. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also was the same same kind of deal in A Quiet Place to a degree. But in, in Bird Box specifically, I think the suggestion of what is going on is the scariest thing. And the fact that, like, it's, it's just that fact of it, yeah, the, it forces you to be more and more and more claustrophobic as it goes on. Because even when you're outside, you have to be completely blind. And we aren't really seeing anything properly either as an audience. They're very good at not showing you huge open spaces and all that kind of stuff beyond the river, just to show how dangerous it is. Mm. I really liked it. I liked the, uh, I love the pictures that the guy comes into the house with that have all the different sort of like takes on what he's seeing when he's looking. It all very like Cthulhu, culty, yeah. uh, elder god kind of vibe. It's your vibe. That's Tom Holland as well. Not mm. Tom Holland, Tom Hollander. Mm. Not Little Spider Man. He's a great actor. But yeah, well, we'll talk more movies in the outro because this guy broke the law over the weekend and streamed Aquaman. What the hell's going on? I haven't done that for years. 
Uh, but we've got it. I'm going to do the Luke thing now. We've got a great show up for you today. We're talking, will Finn Balor be- beat Brock Lesnar? Do we believe in him? No. No, we don't. Here's the show. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Do we believe in Finn Balor against Brock Lesnar? I'm Ollie Davis. This is El Fakador Laurie Blake because Luke is off playing Castlevania. He does this he on a fortnightly ne- basis <laughs> he now. He will never complete Castlevania, which no. is fine for me. It's his Everest. He's Moby Dick. <laughs> but we are here to talk about the Raw review. This is the Raw review edition of Wrestle Ramble. And this opening segment going into one of the most prominently featured matches on the card this Sunday, Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. It's only a thing that came together last week, really. Mm. And it seems that way because they haven't done a good title graphic for it yet. Mm. They've got Brock Lesnar looking very imposing and MMA-style Brock Lesnar picture and smiling Finn Balor, who looks like a dweeb. Yeah. I, he, he didn't smile as much in this segment. Mm. I thought. I thought he he was a bit more serious. I just I just don't just take a different photo of Finn. I yeah, just feel yeah. like just he looks stupid in this in specifically on the match graphic card. But mm. in this segment, he was pretty good. I thought. But unfortunately for me, I feel like everyone else didn't build him up enough. Mm. So this was Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar came out to kick off the show, and Heyman cut a just. It's almost, you don't notice it because he's so good at everything he does. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was an actually really good promo from Paul Heyman, getting over Brock Lesnar, getting over Finn Balor, how everyone believes in Finn Balor, but ultimately, spoiler, Brock's going to win. Yeah, That's his job. So, And he had this great line about, uh, you know, Finn Balor's this miracle, but even miracles fear Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I like the bit where he said, uh, Finn is the voice that matters but I am the voice that martyrs. Yes. Finn will be a martyr for the sin of believing that he can beat Brock Lesnar, for the sin of thinking that he could win the Universal title. He's so good. He loves he was, a riff. He just was just going off on one, and I was like, I don't know where this is going. I have no idea what's happening, Paul. And then he ties it all together at the end. Yeah. He's like the opposite of M. Night Shyamalan. Great, <laughs> great wordplay. Great puns. And yet Mar- just thematically concise, mm-hmm. and it does the job. It wants you to see. It makes you want to see the match. Uh, and then I thought, okay, well that's Heyman's job. Heyman's job is to say, spoiler, Brock's going to win. So Vince McMahon's music hits mm-hmm. fittingly, no chance. And he comes out, and I was like, okay, so now Vince is going to say, well, don't you get too confident because Balor proved himself last week? But he doesn't say that. No. He he says that he recounts the story of David and Goliath, and ends like siding with Goliath. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Because it was like, yeah. yeah, he was like, well, last week I told you to do all this stuff and prove yourself to me. Finn did, and he's still like, nah. I mean, it's is it is it art imitating life? Is this just regular Vince thinking of just like, nah, he's too small, isn't he though? He's just too small. He tried. I think he probably went out there with the intention and they told him backstage. So you, you tell the story of David and Goliath and David wins. Remember, that's what you want to get over for the Royal Rumble this weekend. He tries. <laughs> but then the little voice in the said, but he's not big enough. Where's yeah. the beef? The monster squashes the city and it's all done. No, no, no. That's not what happened, Vince. And from the rubble, we will build a brilliant television programme. Yeah, so Vince didn't bury... Balor. I think in their heads they're probably thinking mm-hmm. 
This will make Balor look like the underdog. People love underdogs. Remember that Daniel Bryan outlier that happened all those years ago that hasn't been properly replicated since. That freak Bryan. Yeah, and the crowd start to boo Vince, and Vince is like, why are they booing me? What did I say wrong? And Paul's like, they don't like you talking sense here in... Where was it? You're talking, you're talking too fast for them, he said. Yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. that's it, yeah. Oklahoma it was in. And then Braun Strowman's music hits. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here we go. Braun's going to come out and say, Finn's going to beat you for the title. I believe in Finn. No. He doesn't say it either. No. He just talks about how he's going to face Lesnar uh, after, <laughs> after the match. I am going to <coughs> wait for this filler to be over, yeah. and then I will be there to have another match with you. And, and, and when... <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Ooh, when Balor comes down, goodness, that's when Strowman says, "Yeah, but you you haven't really got enough what it takes, Finn." Mm. Like, but Braun, you're meant to be the good guy here. He, do, he he says there was a weird bit that he sort of said, like he said, uh, "I don't think you have a chance of beating Brock." Mm. He's like, "But you better hope you do," or something. I just it was like, there was a lot of like back and forward, like people were flip flopping on what they were saying a lot. I was, just, I was very confused about who was with who and who. But everyone sort of thought Finn Balor was quite good, but at the same time, we're like, he's not really though, is he? Yeah. It was no a one... very forced underdog position for him to be in, but I think they're obviously buoyed by the idea of people like Becky Lynch getting over recently by yeah. speaking her mind. People like all the people who speak out against WWE's sort of backstage stuff. Finn has been doing that in character for a while now, and he did here too as well. Like when he comes out, he's like, same old Raw, mm. Braun Strowman's out here doing Braun things, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, not very imaginative script writing, but. Pointing out the kind of uh, uselessness of WWE seems to get over. Oh, it does. People love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. But this, like you said, this didn't feel like everyone was on the same page. Mm. I felt like Balor maybe missed a line, which threw everyone off. I was trying to work out where it happened because Finn says, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat Brock Lesnar this Sunday. And then Braun's like, but you won't. And then Finn says, I'm just going to do what you haven't been able to do. And he just goes back to the same line. Mm. Beat Brock Lesnar at Sunday. <laughs> I just... there was It too, was clunky. This was too many cooks, mm. this segment, for me. Yeah, why like, was Vince there? Why was Vince there? Why was Braun there? Like, well, they had the match afterwards. I just, yeah, I get that. But I just... I don't... Like, Braun didn't need to be there for the whole conversation. Braun mm. could have walked in at the end and gone, What about me? And they could have gone, Match. There we go. Like, yeah, that's better. You know, because it was it was a very late. I mean, it was a very laboured David and Goliath metaphor anyway mm. that they were trying to get across by mistelling the story, having Finn come out and tell the story, and then being like, "Well, we've got an actual David and Goliath thing here right now, so let's do that." To bring it back to the the main question, like having Braun and Brock as that first stare off bit, mm. like in in this segment at least, it really puts the Finn Balor Brock Lesnar match down down a bit in importance. Yes. So, but will Finn beat Brock this this Sunday? Do we believe in him? No, I, I, not me personally. No. Just because everyone told me not to in this segment and the way he was positioned. Although I thought, like you said, Finn did a good job on the microphone. Mm. Maybe missed a few lines though. Uh, the, yeah, it was just it didn't do what it really needed to do, which is make me believe in Finn. Mm. Which they did do last week when he beat everyone and he John Cena endorsed him, he wrestled twice. <coughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things where they seem to be like they'll let his wrestling sort of talk for itself. They'll be like, Okay, well, 
when Finn is in the ring and doing stuff where he's not being pinned, he's actually pin pre- when he's not pin baller, he's pretty good. And people get like, that sort of gets over. But when every time they have to talk about him, for some reason, they're so keen to make him seem like an underdog that they go too far and forget to talk about him. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's like um, the same as Sami Zayn. They don't talk about Sami Zayn and they just keep calling him an underdog. And it's like, he's not an underdog. He's just an undercarder, really. Like, he's not... It's that kind of thing. If you don't mention anyone, people just forget who they are and they don't really have any story or any character. And here, this entire section was like four guys who were more important in this. And then Finn turns up at the end like, hi, I'm smiling Finn Balor. I'm having the match this Sunday. I'm having the match. It's me. Yeah. I just, yeah. Braun Strowman, there was no need for him here beyond they could have just dragged him out at the end. Like you could have done the whole thing exactly the same without the stare off and had Vince go, well, we can have a proper David and Goliath thing right now. Here's Braun Strowman. Mm. You could have done it. Here's a, you know, if, if you know, if uh, medical reasons aside, you could have done it. This could have been Lars Sullivan's debut. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he'd still be protected because the match was a DQ. Well, well, that's what I, so this turned into Finn Balor versus Braun Strowman, mm. which I, I liked as an idea. And they made Brock stay at ringside. And they told the story of Finn taking on this guy who's mm. much larger than him and really effectively using his speed to overcome him. And Brock's on the <clears> outside <throat> going, hmm, I, I, I don't know about this. That, that was a pretty good move there. There was a really good spot where Braun's charging up to do his run round shoulder tackles around the ring. And Finn Balor hits a sling blade reversal, which he's done before when they've had matches. But it was a really cool spot right out mm-hmm. of the gate. And Bro- it cuts to Brock and Brock's like, oh, damn, damn, Balor. So I liked all that stuff, but yeah, you're right. It ended in a DQ. I would have actually had Finn pin Braun here. Yeah. Especially because all the backstage rumours are saying that they're cooling off on Braun anyway because they're mm. like, we can't have Braun keep losing to Brock Lesnar. So why are they... Te- have him lose to Balor. But, but, but why are they teasing that that match is even happening? I don't yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Like, you paint yourself into a corner. If you don't want him to lose to Brock, stop making him come out and be like, I want the universal title. Yeah. Just make him do something else. Everyone else is doing something else. Yeah, he, they, they, they don't... They see the mistake they make, but then they, they're like, oh, should we make the mistake again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Let's make it so, unavoidable to do that mistake. Bad us. Uh, so yeah, this is what happened, that Balor and Braun are having this pretty fiery match, and then Braun throws Balor outside. Brock catches him, mm-hmm. which was really cool, and then flips him over his head for a belly-to-belly. That was a cool spot. Yes. But the follow-up was the referee looking right at this happening, and then going, okay, yeah, let's carry on the match. It, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why the referee wasn't looking the wrong way, mm. or, it, or Brock puts Finn down like if Brock had caught him and then been like I'm not going to cheat I'm just going to put you down quite patronisingly quite so. patronising yeah, put him down on the hands. yeah and then Finn attacks Brock mm. that would have been great yeah like I just here I just it just made it seem like oh yeah this is now just an angle and not like mm-hmm. playing into a match anymore because they've just they break the rule here and then five minutes later the rule is in effect it just because he caught. If you catch someone in wrestling, is the rule you're allowed to do what you want because you caught them? Is yeah, that, because is that as it? soon as yeah. they, tu- the, because yeah. he didn't touch the ground, right? So you're just helping <laughs> him in, to the ground. Finn Balor was in play. Yeah, yeah. Is that- in fact, it's a very, very smart build to the Royal Rumble <laughs> match this weekend. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, and having that weird non-DQ there undermined the heat that the crowd should get mm. for the finish, where where Brock 
F5 Balor after Balor ran wild mm. on both men, which was really cool. Finn going against both Braun and Brock. That was making me go, yes. well, hey, we had this opening segment where everyone said, you can't do it, Finn. And now here he is taking it to two guys who are much bigger than him. I thought it was awesome. That was well. really like, cool. The, the bit where he like he does the shotgun drop kick into the back of Brock, knocking him into the, the ring post, and then he carry, like, goes in, fights Braun for mm. a bit, comes back out, shotgun drop kick into the barricade. There were so many good bits of this. And it would have been better had Brock just gone, you're not a threat. And then he's like, oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I am. Yeah. And- I just, uh, yeah. Because it's baffling, because it actually, if Brock does the belly-to-belly suplex here, which he did, it says, I do think you're a threat, so I'm going to try and get ahead of the curve for the weekend by injuring you now, Mm. rather than being like, oh, let's have this tiny, puny man that I'm not scared of be completely fresh, and I'll just mince him when he turns up. Yeah, but I I mean, you could have gone that way. I I would have just had Finn take out Brock after he does the, (coughs) the put him down gently thing. Uh, that didn't happen and then he beats up Braun as well runs wild and somehow gets a pin maybe you can do the pin that's that protects Braun somewhat but if there's any time to give Strowman a loss it is to put over the guy going into the title picture this weekend Mm. that no one believes in I think of course you don't want to beat Braun often I, but this time, I, I really think they made a bad call, and they should have because I don't. I'm not invested in the match. I'm, got, I'm excited got, to see got, it. You've got the perfect reason to as well. Yeah. He's literally back from elbow surgery, so like, just do that. Post him a couple of times, drop drop the coup de gras on the sh- on the arm, and then yeah. pin him. Like or maybe even Lesnar gets in and goes for Finn, but hits Braun behind the referee's back, and that allows Balor to... And then you've got that Lesnar-Strowman feud bubbling away, and that mm. Balor looks good because he, he actually <coughs> overcame and outsmarted both of the the big guys, the beef. Yeah, so I I enjoyed this, but I, I felt all of the setup of saying Balor can't win and then having him effectively get beaten down at the end of it was was a bad a bad decision. I just, yeah. I think they're trying too hard to make him an underdog. Mm. And they're actually now forcing him further down in everyone's estimations rather than being like, I think the key to an underdog is being like, well, you're not a loser. You're just hard done to. I think kind of what they're attempting to do with the revival very badly. But that kind of thing is like, you're not a loser. You're just really hard done to. You're always fighting against much bigger guys. However, you overcome. Finn never gets to overcome, really, apart from last week. That was the only mm. time that he sort of actually beat the odds against him. And I think here, this could have been a perfect opportunity to do that. And he was doing it for a little bit, and then they just had to be like, oh, no, Brock does an F5. End, Spoiler. End of, end of thing. Yeah. Uh, pay attention to the Braun stuff. That's the really important feud here between mm-hmm. Lesnar and Strowman. Balor and Brock is just a filler thing, which we, we're all aware of. It would just be nice if we could buy into something. Well, yeah, because um, like we see later in the show, the supposed filler feud for Ronda Rousey mm. seems like they've actually, even though it's only been two weeks in the making, they're actually trying to make it seem like there is a legitimate threat to that title. Well, should we get on with some Patreon shout-outs before the full Raw review? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We relaunched our Patreon last week, didn't we? We did indeed. Aren't there some exciting things? There are. I couldn't name them, but they are. Well, let me refresh please, your memory. Please refresh my memory because I need to know. Just and some of the rewards you can get. You can compete against us in our Fantasy Predictions League, which we're starting this weekend from the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. That's fun from a $5 tier. You get the, uh, the the Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast that went up yesterday. We review Royal Rumble 2000, me and Luke. That monthly drunk cast. Oh, oh that's fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Where me, you and Luke just get drunk and shoot the breeze. Read the Tyler Apple, Breeze. Big Apple. Take yes, and uh, and shout-outs, amongst many others. I mean, it sounds like a wonderful deal, oh, Oliver. And for if, if you, you know, one of the things we want to get to is monthly Wrestle Sketch episodes, and maybe if we get to 1,500 Patreons, put in on our own wrestling show. Ooh. Where do I sign up? Well, yeah, this is the crazy thing. You actually pledge to yourself on Patreon. Yes, I do. You're yes. such a big fan of these rewards. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm such an egotist as yeah. well. Yeah, that's the <laughs> Uh, so, thank you to all the $25 and above people. You get your own wrestling nickname and a shout-out here in the show. Paulie Dangerously Jarman. Woo! Whoa, yeah, cheap pop. The craftsman Blake Carpenter. Oh, yes. Come on, Blake. The mayor of Painesville. Dan. Hey, Dan. He's, uh, he's the number one fan. $100 man, C.D. Halver. 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 Uh, Liam Solit as a rock. Luke comes up with these names, so we can we can. Yeah, make fun. I sometimes I don't know what they are. Uh, really obscure yeah. references to movies. He's the seen. event known as Chris Anderson to decide the best in the world. I like that one. Whoa. Cheers, Chris. Adam and the Ant, Tony Burgeon. Yeah. Asker's future husband and EOF one man wrecking crew, Skin Tray. Yes. So we actually asked him to explain that he came up with that nickname. 
Have you heard this before? No. So when you hear skin trade, that sounds like he's a serial killer, right? Mm. No, it's he used to make skins for Windows Media Player or one of those. Oh, do you remember those days? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, was the other yeah. program? Winamp, something like that. I, I don't know. Anyway, you'll never get this name right, you idiots. Damn it, it's Polish. Uh, Matthew Zim. Juski, yeah, Juski Juski, Brett the Hitman, Matthew Williams, the best there ever was, Killer Chris Phillips. Ooh, Chris. Oh, there's more. <laughs> Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. That's not Leroy. No, that is Leroy Jenkins, who made us the hammers. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leroy. I wanna be like you, who, who, Chris Louie. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Christopher the Condor Johnson. Yes. Let's have a drink, Christopher Travis Merriman. Switchblade, Courtney Summers. Oof, it's a new nickname for Courtney. Dot, 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 dive, Dylan Cachetta. I always mess that one up. Mm. <laughs> they drew first blood, not me, Grace Rambo. Whoa. Grace Rambo, what a name. I feel like we've, uh, yeah, as that, that's their actual name. Yeah. We've kind of, the the first ones were really big and yeah. cheery. Well, this is, we should bring Andy in to just mm. clap. And we should and probably the, space them out more so we don't do so many in a chunk. Yeah. I'll take this back to the Patreon board. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steep climb, James Macahill. Yeah! James, and everyone else that got a weak clap. You sold out, Jay Sellers. Well, that's the final one. That is the a final big one. go home. Let's get on with the raw review. After the Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Vince McMahon stuff that opened the show, uh, which we've already talked about, there was a Martin Luther King... Video package. Mm-hmm. So is he debuting soon at the start yeah. of the, at coming, the show? Coming soon yeah. to WWE. Maybe a on surprise his way entry up, in the Royal way, Rumble. On his way up from NXT. I don't, yeah, so that's uh, it's weird that we don't really have anything like that over here. Mm. These history months and big history days. So it's, it's, it's a curious thing from a UK viewer, I would say. Yeah, I don't, also what program would something like that be on? I guess like they have, we, yeah. we, we tend to have it on Remembrance Day. That's sort of like... Random shows will have packages like that, like yeah. you know, Spring Watch might well not Spring Watch because it's the wrong season, but you know, but it's usually Autumn Watch. It's usually like the big magazine shows. Yes, the one show or something. It's like weird to it. get a show that's really specific, like a, a wrestling show mm. or maybe like Robot Wars, yeah. and then running <laughs> running yeah. these big history day pieces at the start of it. Mm. I'm not against it. It's just it's it's peculiar. It'd be like for, match, for another country. It'd to be see like it. Match of the Day doing it or something. Yeah. I guess uh, which they sometimes do, but they. Tie it more succinctly into football. Well, match of the say. day. If you do Remembrance Day and match of the day, there's obviously the, the famous story of playing football on Christmas Exa- Day. Yes, so, and that, know, that there, works. There's a link. A link. Yeah. Is there any link between wrestling and civil rights? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Apollo Crews, they had a match, which was the next thing next. But, uh, of course, Lashley, did I just say next thing next? It was the next thing next. Mm. Uh, Bobby Lashley won the Intercontinental title last week, and here he is, celebrating with a pose down. He's got an almighty body, hasn't he? He does, yes. What a big bod. I like when um, they were saying there was going to be this pose off. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Leo goes, I'm going to put the icy title around his waist. I, I just, In my head, it was just like, he puts the lotion on his skin. <laughs> but then Rene was like, this is like some fanfic stuff. Mm. It was a strange, it was a strange, strange segment that actually turned out to be, I thought, quite funny. I'm glad you said I that. I actually, I thought when I was, when it started, I was like, not this again. Mm. And then I was actually, when Apollo came out, 
it turned pretty funny. Yeah, when Apollo came out, I thought, oh, God, here we go. It's mm. another stop-stop push for Apollo, and he's just going to say some generic lines. But actually, they had a little, what, what do you call that, like a little podium thing mm. where you would pose down. And it's a pose-off between Cruz and Lashley. And Lashley would do a pose with Rush bigging him up. But then Cruz would do a pose. And he showed more charisma in these little poses than he did for the, his entire WWE career, I would say. <laughs> he was really genuinely funny. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. Sort I, of doing, doing a little jiggle and big smile. <sighs> yeah, it was funny. <sighs> Uh, I'm doing the poses for people listening. Yeah, for podcast listeners. Laurie just ripped a bicep out of his shirt. Look at that. Still in there. It's still in there. I thought, I thought, (laughs) dang it, (laughs) next week. Uh, But the, it was one of those bits when it was announced where I thought, I hope my girlfriend doesn't walk in on me watching this. (laughs) Or like any non-wrestling fan. Mm. When you feel embarrassed. But by the end of it, I thought, no, I'm cool. I'm cool if anyone walks in on me watching this with my trousers around my ankles. <laughs> Covered in lotion like Bobby Lashley. <laughs> uh, so this turned into a match between the two uh, after Cruz did some, like, Leo Rush. Really impressive chucking Leo Rush mm-hmm. over the top rope onto Bobby. But it was a quick... It's a, most of it happened in the ad break and the almighty Lashley picked up the win with a brutal-looking spear mm. as Cruz had Rush over his head. So, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a sort of fun segment and a two-minute match to be like, he, he retains. There's no IC title yeah. match for the Sunday, so it's just yeah. some filler content, but it was fine. Just more people who might be in the Rumble, I guess. Yeah, uh, but then... Doing, doing things. Building that Rumble intrigue, Lashley walks out the ramp and Seth Rollins comes down like ships in the night, passing mm-hmm. for his match against Drew McIntyre, and they have a tense <coughs> standoff. That was, that was good. I like that. Mm. I like how they're... They're they're making Raw and SmackDown run more like a program where they don't. It's not a start stop. So here's a match. Here's a little bit of the announcers talking. It's actually things flow into each other quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre then had a really really good match. Yeah, yeah, agree. It was actually yeah. It was actually yeah. Considering it was a because I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking. Like who would be a very good champ? When we were doing the fantasy booking warfare, I was thinking about mm. matches that Seth Rollins would have in a new era that might seem exciting. And top of the list was Seth versus Drew for like a proper, like yeah. a proper big sh- showdown. And they kind of had that here. It felt like a like a really big deal of a match. Mm. It was, and and they went they went through at least one commercial break. It got a this is awesome chant from mm. the crowd. There were a couple of really good near falls. Uh, one from one off a Rollins super kick, and the other one was off of a. So I don't know what Drew calls it, but it's the air raid crash mm. of the second rope and into a power bomb from McIntyre. That was that was terrific. But then Rollins rolls up Drew for the surprise victory. So Drew Drew somewhat protected. Wasn't mm. like a definitive victory. Uh, and I reckon they could have an even. It was one of those matches where they keep enough back to have an even better match on pay per view. Yes. But yeah, this was this was a nice thing. Uh, beforehand, Seth Rollins cut a promo, sort of saying Martin Luther King. Did he say it was his hero? It was. I think he was just referenced a, him was, somehow. He was an inspiration, mm. I, I believe. Uh, yeah, and then he was. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I didn't write down why he was talking about. It. I just wrote down that it was weird that people probably more equipped to talk about Martin Luther King and yeah. his impact on their lives had just left. And then yeah. Seth Rollins <laughs> comes down, the voice of African America. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But he, I mean, he, but he's just a he's just a kid from a small town. Yes, with uh, working class parents. No, no, That's what absolutely. He said. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it was it was a, it was a really good promo. But he probably didn't need to do Martin Luther King. Mm. I feel like this because Seth's promo was no jokes, all serious, mm-hmm. really like traditional blue eyed babyface stuff, and. To just add another layer of blue-eyed babyface stuff, he references Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. So this was all designed for me to to make him just an old-school hero. Mm. That there was no wrinkles or ambiguity to it, uh, which which is good. Like if you're positioning Seth as potentially the winner of the Rumble and then the savior of WWE to overcome Brock down mm-hmm. the line, then this is, I guess, this is one way to package him. It's kind of, it feels like the sort of promo Roman would have cut. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Just no jokes, Roman. Yeah, which I'm not a big fan of just trying with what, like, oh no, Roman's out of the picture now. Let's do it with Seth. Hmm. He looks like a sort of Roman with sort of half the weight yeah. sucked out of him. He's so, got that lovely know. sweaty hair. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a good promo, and I think he played off, and I think McIntyre came out and played well off it as well. Yes. with his little little chat, and then yeah, I think the match was really, really, really good. I think the match was probably the best one on the show. Oh, definitely. Easily. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, the what do you think of Drew's new nickname, calling himself the Terminator? They've mentioned that before, though, haven't mm. they? Like, it's the, the Scottish psychopath, the Scottish Terminator, the Highland Terminator. Mm. I don't know. Uh, the, the Tweed Terminator. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't know. It's Tartan Terminator. Tartan Terminator. That's, That's good. Yeah. It's okay. I think it might be building to a, a fourth Terminator entrance. Yeah. At, at Mania. You think? After Triple H had one, Kenny Omega's oh, made one. Brian Cage. Brian Cage. Will it be good this time? No. Will it actually look impressive? I don't think so. I th- but I think this match like leave it leaves a lot of um, drama going into the rumble as well mm. between these two specifically. I imagine they'll be very near, or if not, the last oh, couple yeah. of people uh, to have a big stare down and face off. Yeah, so. and when Seth Rollins comes out, you'd expect Drew to come out shortly after. Mm. I mean, I hope Chase Seth Rollins is number one. Round. You do? Yeah, I think was it was Balor was the Iron Man last year, and mm-hmm. Seth was the Iron Man in that gauntlet match a couple yes. of weeks afterwards. I think, I mean, what a great... They haven't done it for a while. Someone from number one or two or three. I think the Iron Man should win this year, and I want it to be Seth. Mm. That's my prediction. And we'll do our predictions later this week, by the way. Uh, Then we got the revival backstage talking to Vince McMahon. And immediately I was... This was the visual I'd heard about in (laughs) Wrestling Observer reports and on Fightful, because the reports last week were that the Revival walked up to officials backstage, still in their gear after the Lucha House Party match last week, and said, yeah, we want our release. Mm. We don't like the way you treat tag team wrestling. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. This whole... Because I was like, oh, okay, is this sort of placating them for Mm. for what reportedly happened last week? Is this like... Uh, an attempt to sort of make them stay. I think it's a punishment. What happened here? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. A, I think it's a punishment. It could go either way, couldn't it? It's because it's still not a good story, but they are still wrapping up the bad story they've had for the last four months, mm. which is like this conspiracy thing against the revival, unfair matches, bad refereeing. But it, yeah, is the answer to placate them, put them in a feud with Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder? 
No. <laughs> I, I think the I think the answer to placate them is to I think potentially the the, the thing is here like. Meltzer was saying yesterday what that they they were contracted till April 2020. So if they don't get their release, they were with WWE for over like another year and a bit. That is plenty of time to ruin them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. to absolutely destroy any cachet they would have leaving the company and going elsewhere. People will be watching three-year-old tapes of NXT going, we were once good, mm. and then trying to buy them off that. But like, if they don't get any ring time or whatever, because this. You know, they asked for this match. They asked for their own referee. Vince gives them Kurt Hawkins, the the second ginger to be stepped down to referee status. They should have just had Heath say. Oh, I guess yeah. if they're doing the rider angle later on. His, his only qualification, it seemed, being that he was nearby. Yes, he was near. Vince he just was looked nearby. around. Rene did say the thing. is like, well, at least he knows one, two, three. He's heard that enough. Like, <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> yeah, so Kurt Hawkins would be the special guest referee for later on. Then we got a Dean Ambrose promo backstage, hmm. which was very good. Yes. He's really good at delivering serious promos like this. And he's got like the he's got his own unique style of I guess backdrop. He looks the, like the he's fence. he looks like he's hanging out where they store the steel cages. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. He's, he's he's in some sort of storage room. Yeah. It's it's Dean's urban storage room yeah. that Dean's, he takes with him Dean's from Red Room yeah. Red Rumpus Room <laughs> and he, he, it's like a really well delivered promo but you know what I can't tell you what he said no I don't I don't. I was struggling to get to the point of what he was doing mm. I was, he was saying uh, he was going to he said he was going to kick both Rollins and Lashley in the balls and dump them over the top rope mm. and then he said I spent most of last year in hospital. I drove my body into the ground for this, and I get no sort of respect or anything from yeah. anyone. But that was about the sum total of what he said. I thought it was, it was, it was all good stuff. But it's it comes off of let's face it, a botched heel turn in the long run, mm. a really lackluster IC title run, and he lost the belt last week. This is Bray Wyatt syndrome for me. Yes, where he's Bray Wyatt is great at delivering promos. But there's no, he's had such a bad track record of not delivering on what he talks about mm. that you, you you listen to him and you're like, well, I, I don't really care about... I can't buy into what you're yeah. saying. So that's that, Dean Ambrose is kind of on the precipice of that. And it's a shame because he's, he's really good when he's got a serious, mm. consistent character. You've got to hope that they taking Dean forwards. I think the problem with Dean is obviously they were his only heel turn would have only been against the next top guy in the company mm -hmm. because Roman's on his way out the door. So it was either going to be, he's going to heel turn against the Shield and have to face Roman and Seth, or heel turn against the Shield and face Seth. Seth is on his way up the card, clearly, from the kind of promos that we've seen and all that stuff. He's kind of screwed there. Like, I don't, yeah. They're never going to be like, oh, Dean is going to win this feud now, is he? And he's just, he's just going to look like a moron. And he's not winning the Rumble. He's not winning the Rumble. I just think, hopefully they can just get through the Rumble without messing him up too far, and then he can have a nice feud with someone else after that. Yeah. That actually cements him as, you know, the, the kind of like clever, psychopath, crazy person that he's being now. Yeah, I whatever, whatever he is, I don't know. Like, someone who is crazy, is a lunatic, but... But he's not also, a germaphobe. But, he, but he's also quite cross about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he makes legitimate points about yeah. how stuff is unfair. Yeah, yeah. But then he also says it's unnatural. Yeah, he's like which is a bit too far. He's like a basement conspiracy theorist yeah, guy. Yeah. Some of it's some of it's like legitimate, and then some of it's just like they're, they're, there's listening devices in the bin. Mm. 
Uh, next up, we got Lucha House Party taking on Jinder Mahal and the Sing Bros. For no reason! Yeah, I, uh... I just, just, just kind of washed over me. Yeah. I'm not even sure it happened. Considering it was a Lucha House Party match as well, there was they still managed to fit a few rest holds in, didn't they? I was just like, what? Yeah. Uh, but, and that's something that was so good about McIntyre and Rollins. When it came back from commercial break, boom, 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 there was loads of action. Mm-hmm. And they said, here's a replay of what happened in the break. Boom, 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 loads of action. I thought, wow, no rest holds. Mm. And then, yeah, that's Jinder. Yeah. That's <laughs> Grindy down. Um, he wasn't. He was barely in the ring. Hmm. Yeah, the sing bro. One of the sing bros took the fall from Grand Metalik. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to say, really. It was really dull. It's one of those considering matches- there was some quite cool flippy doos in it. It was dull, dull, <laughs> super, super dull. dull. The Lucha doll. Yeah. The Lucha House Party are, of course, a three-man faction. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just going through the card, saying, "Who can they take on this week?" As a three-person thing. Oh, yeah, Jinder Mahal's got the Sing Bros. Mm. Just get that. the other cruiserweights. Just do an exhibition match that's just the cruiserweights. Yeah. Like, because if you just, if you just, like, if you were just going through the card selecting three random people, why are we selecting Jinder Mahal? <laughs> like, to, to also take a loss to the Loot Chow's party. Like, you know, Jinder was up the card, down the card, quite solidly cemented in the lower mid card mm. now. He's not going anywhere. Why, if you're not going to do anything with him, don't just put him in matches for no reason. Get someone exciting for the Lucha House Party to go against because they can do cool stuff that makes exciting television. And if they can, they can especially do it against other people who have very similar wrestling backgrounds, not rest hold people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the Singh Brothers are actually quite good. They are very good cruiserweights. But, yeah, but then why do a squash match? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, speaking of. Just incorrect uses of people. EC3 came up next, and Michael Cole was like, "I don't, I can't remember how he transitioned into it, but he said, hey, 'Hey, let's look at that EC3 promo that that we've been watching for two months, and Ollie is goddamn sick to death of mm. with that door opening. I hate the door opening, uh, I, and I hate the fact he's wearing his gear under his suit. Yeah, there's many things wrong with it. I hate the whole thing. It be. doesn't get over the character as anything worth caring about." And they play that, and it cuts backstage. EC3's looking in the mirror, and Dana Brooks there just saying, how do you get in such good shape? Do you not eat carbs? Do you go down to the gym a lot? What sort of tan are you wearing? Do you cut water? Yeah. Just going, like, reading off all these questions, and EC3 is still not answering verbally. Instead, he's doing eyebrows. Mm. Hmm. Huh. For podcast listeners, I'm doing various thinking faces. So he just answers all this you without pained, mm. mm. which maybe EC3 is also pained, thinking about how good he is on the mic or attempting to ignore Dana Brooke. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was quite funny in a way, but I just this isn't what EC3 should be doing. For I just me. I but I also like you don't have to feature all of them every week, mm. like. Actually, here some of the other guy, some of the other NXT call-ups got featured on this show. Surprise! Yeah. Uh, so we can just not have EC3. Just get rid of him for this week. He doesn't have to. T- he doesn't have to turn up. You can play the promo package. Film a new promo package. Whoa! For crying out loud! Just do one that's actually cool. Like, mm. I, I EC3 would've... pulls up in a Rolls Royce. He gets out of the Rolls that's Royce. Good. Somebody hands him a coffee. He drinks the coffee. He like. 
takes off his watch, hands his watch to someone. It's a Rolex, blah, blah, blah. Walks all the way through the thing. He walks down to the ring. All the crowd go, oh, he's still wearing the suit. Gets in the ring. Doesn't even take off a jacket. Hits one move, pins the guy, turns around, walks back, picks all the stuff up, gets back in the Rolls Royce, goes to the airport. That's great. End of promo. I mean, that's like, with all the, the promo with the watch and the expensive lifestyle and the suit... I'm not getting that mm. from him looking at himself in the mirror and not talking to people. Yeah. I don't, are they two separate characters? Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, Super Vain, I think, is the character that yeah. attempting to portray on TV. I saw, so one of, the, one of the news stories yesterday was that the whole point of these NXT call-ups is so that people will see their faces mm. uh, and remember them later on, but hopefully forget the context. Wow. But they keep uploading these segments as YouTube videos. Like, <laughs> the Alexa Bliss one has loads of views. Like, the one with Otis Dozovich yeah. coming out and being like, Pretty laddie! Like, why would you do something that's so outrageous and then be like, ah, people forget nah, the context eventually? Because they don't, they do, they uh, underestimate the attention span of their viewers. Hmm. And to be fair, if we I don't, don't mention, we keep tuning in. But if we don't mention something that happened 20 years ago in mm. some of the videos that we do, people are like, but what about that thing 20 years ago? People know. We're the, we have the elite fans, of course, mm. who, who are well on the case and know everything. So that's yes. why that's good. Uh, so... You're saying the layman won't remember the creepy. No, they're they're, the ta- they're pitching go- to the mainstream. The creepy goblin that came yeah. out going, <laughs> Okay, is that the same guy? Yeah. They'll say. Uh, so Elias walks past them, EC3 and Dana Brooke, as they're doing their bit, and he goes to the ring for a Baron Corbin versus Elias match, which I've seen quite a few times. Mm. But I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a proposal, uh, an argument. Go on, then. Baron Corbin is the most naturally overheel on Raw. I really like Baron Corbin. He's good, right? I just I don't know why people like he's like people really hate him like the people do, I, I think, think people being people, worked. People, people confuse yeah I think people confuse the idea that like yeah he's been in some he has admittedly been in a lot of quite boring matches mm. with people doing the same thing over and over again but I think he's actually pretty good I think he's he's quite a good worker like really solid on the mic yeah good move set uh, yeah I love the end of days I think Deep the end six. of days the end of days is the coolest thing I like the sliding out of the ring sliding run, back yep, in I love like, that spot yeah. So this is, and, and as soon as he came out and started to cut the promo, because Elias was in the ring about to do a song, the crowd just went nuclear for him. Mm. Uh, far beyond anything else on the show. Like, people genuinely dislike him, but in a fun, let's boo this guy way. Yes, which is exactly what he wants to be. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, that's what he was trying to be when he was doing the more lone wolf gimmick and wearing the old gear. And it just wasn't working. Mm. And now, having somehow they've managed to put him in a position by having terrible booking... And him being the sort of de facto character who is responsible for the terrible booking, people are actually now just like, oh, no, I hate you. Like, you you have bored me for many weeks now. And they like to bring that yeah. up. Like, you got fired. That that was a chant that got going mm. in this. In Elias's song, he uh, he jokes about why are you still wearing the waistcoat. You got fired. Mm. And uh, uh, Rene just went, burn, <laughs> in the most unenthusiastic way possible. Burn. Burn. <laughs> Dead-eyed Rene. <laughs> and, yeah, it was... I, I really like Corbin. Young by name. <laughs> She's an old soul, though. She's seen a lot. I, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Corbin. Uh, I, I, and, yeah, I enjoyed mm. this just because Baron had so much heat. Yeah. So he wins, right, in this match. Mm. He, he gets a throat punch onto Elias as he comes back into the ring that referee doesn't see. And then he hits the end of days and picks up the victory. 
Is it illegal to punch someone in the throat? Yes. Does the, it's is, not really. Is that not an Undertaker thing? That Undertaker does that quite often. What does he do? Like Undertaker's a, got an upper. Like all of Undertaker's punches. I think it's like a, a throat. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But it was. It was. So you're, not allowed, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to punch somebody in the throat, but you are allowed to guillotine choke them. It's weird. It's like the atomic. You drop. are allowed to do a Hell's Gate. Yeah. Yeah, an atomic drop is obviously a low blow to me, or the one where you, you yeah. chuck them up and drop them. On Luke your knee. will say that an announcer's desk, like a lunatic, is a table. It's. It's a. Yeah. It's. It's a desk. It's a commentary position. Yeah. It's an announcer's desk. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Corbin won that one. That's sort of another thing building the Royal Rumble. Next up, we got uh, just like how I think Baron Corbin is Raw's most over heel. I think Moment of Bliss is the single worst wrestler-led <laughs> talk show segment <laughs> ever. Yeah, it's bad. Isn't it? So bad. So it's it's three in. None of them have been a success. There was a good bit in here where Alexa revealed that she is going to compete in the Royal Rumble. That genuinely caught me by surprise, and I'm very happy for her mm-hmm. because she has been she's been floundering ever since she's yeah. got that series of concussions and hasn't been able to compete. Well, because anyone else, they would have just taken her off telly. Like, mm-hmm. They would have just said, go and rest. But because she's you know pretty popular. And good on the mic. And good on the mic. They yeah. were like, you can stick around. And because they have no one else to do this job. They're like, Alexa, do this and do this really boring talk show thing with charisma vacuum ronda rousey yeah. in week one <laughs> paul Heyman, who yeah will, charisma paul, vacuum paul Heyman. paul Heyman, who he, he was the opposite of a charisma vacuum he's like a charisma black hole because he sucks it in from you and, and takes uses it, it for and himself. then uses it for himself to create energy and then you nia jacks this week mm. i Top, grade a talent I don't know. If you said to me on paper, oh, Alexa Bliss is injured. She won't be able to compete for the next three months. What do you think about us giving her like a Miz TV style segment and she can just rely on her really good promo skills and play it like that? Mm. I'd be like, well, that's a great idea. That's a great use of her. Maybe even put her on commentary for a bit. Mm. But uh, it it really hasn't worked. I think every single moment of Bliss segment has been appalling the, and most of this was as well she, like you said she brings out Nia Jax as a guest she also exclusively reveals who's in the Raw and like the, the Women's Royal Rumble match yes with a graphic of just everyone on the roster and the longest reading time but she's not also yeah. she's not also going along the graphic or she's just going like Alicia Fox Dana Brooke Charlotte, did that get to this you? one? I like just how went, like, why are you not doing well, it after right? Because you, you're looking at it going like, okay, well, I'm trying to find them in the thing as she's mentioning them. Flash them up one by one. I, I would have preferred a flash up one by one. It's yeah. a television program. Mm. Production values. <laughs> I just, well, they're a company really you can make a cu- You cash. can make a custom Martin Luther King opening segment thing that with like tons of like Ken Burnsing effects and all that stuff. You can't do it with art for the people who work for you that you already have they made a really nice collage of all the people just imagine yeah. though and then at the end and it's all of them yeah all well, of these people in this match i and yeah, mystery ones that is that is better and it's it didn't get any more effective after that because like you said Jax was the guest she came out she said well i'm gonna win the rumble and then ember moon came out and then everyone else on the raw roster came out and they had a really staged brawl. Mm. I thought it was it was really hokey. But then Alexa reveals she's competing in the match. Genuinely <clears throat> awesome. I was that that's that's so that's such good news because she's she's terrific. 
And then Lacey Evans comes out at the end and knocks her hat on her face. <laughs> uh, Come on, here, here it is, big time. Yeah. You, this is your main speaking thing uh, on the main roster. This is the big debut you're announcing for the Rumble, Lacey. She walks out, grabs the microphone. How does she, she kind of like grabs the microphone and... She grabbed the microphone like she was bowling a cricket ball. Yeah. <laughs> and that knocked her ridiculously yeah. large hat over her face. She styled it out. She couldn't she did, have done yes. it better. Like she you know, just lifted it up and then cut a promo, wasn't flustered at all. But we know, Lacey. Yeah, <laughs> we know you. You slightly knocked your hat, and to just, us, that's funny. But it's, I think the stupid thing about it is, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be funny if it wasn't Lacey Evans because they spent. They've spent so much time <laughs> in. They spent so much time in NXT, and all of her promo stuff before has been like building her up as this sort of throwback picture of poise and being demure and being all this kind of stuff, and it's like. And the first thing she does in her big introduction, first speaking role in the main roster WWE, she knocks a hat in front of her face. Yeah. So that was that was. Maybe worse if she farted. (laughs) That could be a great gimmick. She's she's a Southern Belle, (laughs) but she also farts really loudly at the end of promos. Oh, Natalia would be so cross. Yeah, gimmick infringement. So yeah, she says she's gonna win the Rumble, Um, which was good. It was a good positioning of Evans for me. I thought the Bliss. Announcement was so good. I would have preferred that to have ended this segment. Mm. It just reminded me how much I hate the moment of bliss stuff with Lacey Evans. Sort of. Yeah, it felt like out. it felt like Lacey Evans came out, stole the thunder of mm. Alexa here, and it was. It could have. This all could have been a separate segment. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why they keep doing this talk show, and they never do any of the actual like because Miss TV quite often. I know it breaks down often into a brawl or something happens. Someone comes out. But there is a bit of talk show in the fake talk show. Not so much here. And it's all Miz talking about yeah. himself, yeah. I So I've just got one apprehension that Bliss will not really get physical. Mm. I don't know how she'll do it, but like I, I don't know if she's fully cleared. So maybe they'll protect her still. And that, actually, this yeah, is just true. a bit of appeasement. I saw, some, I saw some stuff last week, I think it was, that was saying that she has been training, but she was, oh, okay. she was training on mats and not taking mm. full bumps yet. But I don't know if that was how old that news was. So she might have progressed mm. beyond that point. Hopefully now. so. Hopefully. Uh, but then we got another Royal Rumble announcement, which I thought was brilliantly done. It's Titus O'Neil on just like sort of a black backdrop, and he says, I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble and then a producer just walks backstage <coughs> behind him and Titus is like, what the hell, man? You're walking in my shot. You didn't even apologise. And he just looks so downtrodden and beaten up. I thought this was very well done. Yeah. I think they're going to make him slide all yep, the way yep, down yep, the yep, ramp yep. under the ring. <laughs> this is setting up do you think he's, Titus' y- botching character. Yeah, I think he's going to do the ultimate pratfall. It's not as funny when it's staged, though. No, because they'll do like they'll really overgo for it. They'll be like someone will come out eating a banana and they'll drop the banana skin, and then Titus will come down and it will set off this whole Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> level of stuff where he clatters through six tables into a Falls ladder, into a trolley, goes through the announcer's yeah. desk, and then is wheeled out on a stretcher but himself and he never enters the match. Yes, that would be good. Yeah, uh, and then someone else could take his place. Or would it be good? Would, would it just be if really he, if painfully he, unfunny? He, he tri- Sinkara returns. He trips. He hits the trampoline thing. The, the trampette <laughs> bounces into the ring, 
immediately bounces out the other side. That would be great. Titus O'Neil done. Yeah, because he's, you know, when I look at Titus, I think you're, you're the sort of high-flying athletic wrestler who can do those spots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, but th- this was funny. Uh, hopefully they can maintain the funny and not make it awkwardly staged this Sunday. <clears throat> I highly doubt that. <laughs> Next up, we got Heavy Machinery making mm. their in-ring main roster debut. And this was what they should have done from the start. Mm. This was flawless in showcasing their act, I thought. Yeah. I mean, even before we got this, though, we did see them backstage with Otis Dozovich just going, at some random dude. I don't know why, like, this rabid gremlin that <laughs> Tucker Knight has to hang out with now. Yeah, the main roster really does make NXT characters one-dimensional. Mm. When really you think oh, you're on the main roster, you should flesh this out even more. They double down on the singular aspect of your personality. Uh, but they, they just did all their spots against the Ascension, really getting over their mm. act. It reminded me of Enzo and Big Cass. Mm. Well, when they first came up, they never won the tag titles. They weren't a good wrestling tag team compared to some of the other talent down in NXT. But they they connected with the crowd in quite a unique way, which is more of a main roster thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And that they, they it helps that they had the show opening promo thing. Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what heavy machinery need to do is find that like niche where you go, you come out and you've got a thing that you do, like Elias, like mm. having the just having the ladies and gentlemen Elias. So like he doesn't really do very many matches. They're not particularly very good. But he's got a segment where every week they're like, oh, for variety's sake, we'll have Elias. Well, I think. Their their thing is the spots in the match, the mm. the worm. The, the, so, I mean, it's not just the worm, but there's something very too cool about them, and that is a, a very high compliment, mm. I think. But I, I thought they were really good. The crowd were a bit silent at first, but by the end of the match, they were really into Otis mm. and all the offense. So, yeah. He's, good. he's very weird. <laughs> he's a strange man. Have you seen a picture of him when he was at college? No. He's got, like... He's not got much of a neck anyway. He had less of a neck, if you can imagine. Mm. He's got kind of like a, a rhombus on top of his shoulders that constitutes his head and neck. Mm. He's a plateau. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Chad Gable and Bobby Roode match against The Revival with Kurt Hawkins as the special guest referee. Mm-hmm. And Dash and Dawson just tried to cheat all the time. Yes. Because, because I guess they've been... that. They've been cheated against so much mm. that they think, well, the way we have to win is to cheat here. But Kurt Hawkins was right on it. He was a great referee. That's what I mean. I don't. The, the thing I don't get about this is like they ask for a special guest referee. They get given Kurt Hawkins. There should have been one more backstage segment where they're attempting to bribe Kurt Hawkins. Mm. And then we go into the match where they try and cheat and they try and do all this stuff. And then Kurt is actually just being a very down-the-line yeah. referee. Because, by gosh... He's got a negative streak in the ring, but he's going to have a positive streak as the best damn referee mm. in WWE. I, I, I really enjoyed his character. I thought mm. he, you know, like saying even hold the tag rope. But yeah, a bit more storytelling before the match wouldn't have gone amiss. And then, I, but then I thought it was <coughs> weird that he, because he steps in at the end, doesn't he? So mm. there, uh, I think Dash is leaning through the ropes, holding on to Dawson, stopping a roll up happening. Which you're allowed to do? Apparently not. Michael Cole said that wasn't. I feel cool. like that's allowed to do. And then and then three interference. And then he, I know that. Yeah, and then he boom, stops it. And so and I guess the, maybe then the three other 
No, because only two of the cheats were interference. Yeah. Because one, I know, only one of them was. I'm a bit confused by it all. And he also gave a fast count to Chad to Chad Gable's eventual winning mm-hmm. pin. But I guess that's because Dash and Dawson were shouting at him. So, but yeah, and and oh. there was more you could do here because they mm. what they should have done. Yeah, I think it, with one more backstage segment, you try to bribe Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins says no. I'm t- I'm taking this seriously. Like, you know, this is all get, I've got. I don't actually get much TV time, <laughs> so I'll take this seriously. Then they get a bit physical. They try to intimidate him rather than bribe him. And then when you come into the match, he tries to play it down the line. They keep shouting at him. Maybe they, you know, then they, they pushed mm. him at one point, didn't they? So like, you go you go that far with it, and then he will do a fast count. Yeah, which yeah sets up the fast count. Which, but and then also it still furthers the idea for the revival that they're getting screwed over. Mm. You know, they can still be delusional about being screwed over. Well, I'm, I'm sure they still will be here. Yes, no, I know, yeah, I know they will be. I think you still you. You just could have told the story at that home yeah, a yeah. bit more. Well, Rene didn't help things. I, I always feel bad about making fun of Rene, but mm. she's no good. Uh, she <laughs> started, it, it's more like what she's being told to say. Mm. Rene, throughout the whole thing, is on the revival side. She's saying, well, well Kurt Hawkins <laughs> has been a bit of a stickler for the rules here. Mm. What are you talking about? Yeah. He's been very fair. They flip-flop the raw commentary team around who's supporting who yeah. like way too much I find it's just I find it much easier when someone's always rooting for the heels mm. or someone's always yeah. like you know like Corey Graves just dislikes Sasha Banks and that's like his thing I don't get it like I really don't get it yeah I, I'm not a fan of that either but the the big angle at the end was Chad Gable and Bobby Roode win and the revival shove down Hawkins and start beating him up and Zack Ryder runs down to save Hawkins, reuniting the Edgeheads. Mm-hmm. Zack mm-hmm. and Kurt figure it out on YouTube. Yeah. Where they go around buying figures. Do you think that's what this is all to promote? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, no, I, I genuinely think this is a punishment for the revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is, because this is probably the title match they may have been saving for the pre-show of the Rumble, or building to for the pre-show of the Rumble. Happening now. They've got a referee that they wanted. Then they end up in a feud with Kurt Hawkins. If Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder win, it's Kurt Hawkins' first win in three years, and it's against the revival. Mm. Smells like a punishment to me. It just—I don't. Something smacks about you know. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I see it more of <clears throat> uh, they're just flattening all these guys out because. Zack Ryder is another name that's rumoured to go to AEW. He's he's like the number one guy Cody Rhodes wants to poach from WWE because they're very good friends. Because he he hasn't had anything to do. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's got so much time to buy figurines. (laughs) And I think they might be going, let's put them all in one feud, flatten them all out, Mm. and let's just be done of them. Uh, But yeah, but keep on to them for, for like a year of their contract it's stupid though because like yeah if you actually made this last year for the revival worthwhile then they might stay yeah not just them the whole tag division it's yeah. like it's it's ridiculous rather, how than, into yeah, rather than improve it Gable and Rude I, I'm not in I'm not into yeah like I forget they're the tag team champions yeah oh well, well it's got maybe because they were just thrown together for something yeah, to do yeah, yeah. 
and it was good at the start, but you know, a- AOP are injured as well mm. at the moment, so they're not around for the next. I think it of just months. it just smacks of yeah, it, it just smacks of laziness to be yeah. like, well, we didn't have anything for Bobby Roode to do, and we think Bobby Roode is the bigger star, so we just give Bobby Roode anyone's go-to tag team partner, Chad Gable, and then we insert them into a division in which there are loads of legitimately very good tag teams who are specialists in that and we just go well you'll win now yeah end of story yeah it's no good uh but the ronda rousey natalia sasha banks and (coughs) bailey main event was pretty good i like this match a lot yeah so this was a feud that was only booked about three weeks ago when ronda said on the moment of bliss segment that she'll be, she wants to face Banks at the Royal Rumble. Uh, originally, it was meant to be Rousey and Charlotte, mm-hmm. uh, but they changed it to this. And Ronda cut before the before the match. Ronda's backstage in the gorilla position, and she cuts this rambling promo where she doesn't pause for breath and she just goes on and on and on. But I did not dislike it. I, I thought did. it was really good. I you didn't like it. I didn't like this. Ah, uh, I thought uh, it. But I thought it was really passionate, and I liked that. I thought. It, I thought she just got a little bit lost a lot of the time, mm. and it just. And then there was a bit where she said, uh, "She wants to cut off my hair and wash her feet with it." Was it? Something that's that a, that's like, a well-known expression. Is it? No. Yeah, I think there was a bit too. I mean, that's how I ended up bald. But it's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just. I just felt it was like rambly and a bit too mm. like she was getting lost and going round in circles. And it was clearly meant to be this like fired up thing. Yeah, I didn't seem like that because it was. I, I mean, I like the bit. I like the fact that her music started playing like slightly over the end of it, so she mm. just walked straight out of this conversation out to the ring. That was cool. I really like that as a sort of thing. But it would have been much better if she was really, really like going for it. Mm. And she's like, and that's why I'm gonna break her arm right now. I like. Uh, <laughs> I like. Thank that. you very much, Charlie. Yes, yeah, that she. Um, that. I've forgotten what I was going to say. I'll throw Ronda, you off. Throw you you throw off me the Charlie off. Caruso thing. Wait. So Sasha Banks was down there, yeah. and she cut a promo as well. She did, yes. That was good. <laughs> That's what, not what you were going to say. What you gonna <laughs> that say? was totally what I was going to say. You were going to say, Ronda was cutting this promo. Ronda was cutting the promo. It was rambly. It was fiery. You liked it was it. rambly. Yeah, and then Sasha Banks... Was in the ring. Uh, what, what the thing in my head? It's okay. It's boss time. It is boss time. I mean, I liked Sasha's promo here as well. I thought, I yeah. thought this whole, you know, she said, uh, you want to talk about resentment? Last rumble, I lasted however long. Uh, how long she did. I can't remember how long it was. Like She was the Iron Woman. She was the there, Iron Woman she? the last rumble. She was iron like, person. You know, she was the Iron... Maiden. <laughs> the I- She was the Iron yeah. Maiden of the last rumble. Uh, and Ronda just walked in and was handed everything. You know, Sasha's had to scrimp and scrape to be offered this opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's not that you gifted it to me. It's that I earned it because I tapped Nia Jax last week. But I've earned it through all the other things that I've done in WWE yeah. while you've just walked in and been given a raw women's title shot. Yeah, I, I thought very Banks good, was really uh, very good, good A uh, Very good promo. And I think like the, the cool thing about this feud, if you can call it a feud if it's been two weeks, mm. is that even in two weeks, they've actually managed to make Sasha Banks seem like a legitimate threat to Ronda Rousey. Yeah, especially in this match, because Sasha took mm. the vast majority of it yes. and like even taken it to Ronda. I was surprised by how much Ronda got in this match as well. Yes. like Usually she just stands on the apron for a lot of it. 
But yeah, Banks was Holding taking on rope. everyone. Yeah. Kurt Hawkins would be pleased. And uh, yeah, that Banks taps out Natalia in the end after looking awesome throughout the entire thing. There were a few... Like, well, it wasn't the slickest match, but I, I felt like it had a fire behind mm. it. And it's not the biggest feud. Like you said, it's only been going for three weeks. And I thought last week's was a bit lame as well. Mm. But here, I, I'm, I'm really into the match now and I want to see it. I think, yeah, it's kind of almost the opposite of what they were doing with Finn up the top of them. Because mm. I think the, the key to both of these things is these are filler feud. This is something, yeah. something to do with the Rumble when those matches aren't the important thing that's happening. The Rumble, both Rumbles are the important thing that's happening because actually everyone's just going, what's going to happen at WrestleMania? Mm. Like None of the actual title matches really matter at all. And that's usual for the Rumble. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But opposite to Finn, who has been... Nah, he's not, he's, we nah, don't believe in you, Finn. Nah. You. Look at you. Tiny little man. Whereas Sasha Banks here comes out, does all this stuff, and yeah. like at no point has she been put down by anyone to seem like she's she's not a legitimate contender. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but Ronda's almost putting her on her level by engaging with her so much and showing Sasha get under her skin. Mm. So this was this was a good go home segment and they have like a face off at the end as your visual mm -hmm. I thought that yeah this was a very good effective build to Royal Rumble yes which was but that was the only real good build for the Royal Rumble out of the whole show this, mm. felt, this felt like a two week out show to your to your pay-per-view rather than the main selling show going into your mm. pay-per-view uh, but yeah overall I gave it a high pour maybe it would have been an average on another week but a go home show should be better, in my mm. opinion. What about you? Well, let's let's take away the go home show bit, and I'll just say right in the middle. I really enjoyed a lot of the wrestling in this, uh, and I thought maybe the storylines were a bit confused, but mm. there were actually three really good matches on this show, yeah. which yeah. is rare. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Streamed Aquaman, pardon the pun. Mm. I didn't even think of that. Ah. Yeah, there was something fishy about that. <laughs> I, it's great. I torrented it. I, I've got. I've got. A, I was going to go and see it at the at the film, the film place, the the, <laughs> the film where theater. the movies live. <laughs> and I was going to see them at the film station. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. At the at the uh, the movie shop, and I there was only one showing. The, there are very few showings left. If it was available to buy at home, I would have bought it. Mm. Maybe I'll do that because I do feel bad about it. I never stream or download films. I will. I'll buy it when it comes out. On Ultra DVD or whatever the format oh, is. Oh, you're too honest. My dad doesn't care. My dad's like, not? I've been watching Hacksaw Ridge on YouTube for <laughs> weeks. <laughs> As it gets, keeps on getting taken <laughs> yeah, down, yeah. uploaded. Click the link in the description. It took me ages. I am out of the game mm. of illegal streaming. And it took me ages to find a feed that didn't have, that didn't require me to sign up and didn't require me to watch a load of. 
people getting very, up and down. Yeah, very kinky mobile app game adverts. Oh yeah. Mm. That's always the fun thing of try was always the fun game of trying to find a stream of anything to watch was how many pop-up windows would there be? There are some very crudely named games out there. Go on. Well, I d- it's what's the safest one? <laughs> I d- none of them. And they all involve it's the same type of rendering of a woman, mm. kind of that anime large in the the bottom areas and, and the breast areas mm. and big eyes. I'm just I'm shocked what the kids get up to these days. I'm, I've been out the game for a bit. Do you think do you do you think kids are up to that? Realistically, I think there's just one dude out there just making all these hentai games. Like he's made all of them. You think it's overrepresented? And it's just for him. Mm. Or maybe th- there's got to be a niche. It's like tickled. I think. I think it's like the tickle king. It's that sort of thing. There's there's just one mysterious rich benefactor who is paying game development companies to churn out these hentai games and then he is buying ad space on all of these nefarious websites to host it in the hope that someone else he one day he will find the woman of his dreams because she will be the number one player of his hentai porn game yeah and that's how they'll meet and he's getting all the data from people signing up so he's running the the algorithms to find this woman and Ah. one day he will send her a custom-made version of the game. It's not creepy at all. Where a tentacle comes out and there's a ring on it. A, a wedding ring. A wedding ring. Yeah, a yeah, wedding yeah, yeah, ring. Yeah. Uh, but Aquaman was good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was bonkers. Mm. Once I adjusted to the uh, slightly zoomed-in ratio that cut off the place names. Oh, God, that was <laughs> annoying. You know where it's like, somewhere in Atlantis. Yes. The Sahara Desert. And you have the text at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, but at least if it's only the Sahara Desert and somewhere in Atlantis, you can just categorize it in your brain as wet and dry. That that so we're was back, that we're was back a in help. dry. We're back in wet. Look, okay, I get I, it. I, I, I know where we are. <laughs> I don't. It's not often that, that I I need those titles, but it just reminded me how zoomed in the image, and that this is not James Wan's full vision yeah. of Aquaman, and I'm getting. So is it because you were hearing the? As it pops up, the like typewriter. I could just effect. see the top of oh, the of the text, horrible, which was annoying in the bottom left. And yeah, that it just seems to see the full seascapes. So forever. I, I was like the breadth of the battles. I thought this isn't full HD. This is a bit fuzzy, mm. and the the colours the colours are weird. The colours are legit. <laughs> that is just a crazy, crazily filmed movie. Mm. Um, it, it misfires so much. But it takes a lot of shots. Yeah. And a, a lot of those land as well. Damp squib? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed it. They really flesh out the Aquaman mythology mm. more so than Jeff Johns' new 52 reboot, which you have also read. We're getting niche here. Actually, <clears throat> now's the time to read this iTunes review. Go on. <laughs> the best wrestling podcast, but... Four stars. Who gives a four-star rating on iTunes? Mm. Everyone gives five stars. That's a rule. Uh, So this is from Cheese SRQ. This is the most enjoyable wrestling podcast I've found. The chemistry with some of the guys is incredible. The only downside is they assume all wrestling fans are gaming nerds 
or board game players. <laughs> the nonsense gibberish about video board games is exhausting. Honestly, it makes me turn some episodes off. That's why I only gave it four stars. I read that at the start of the show, mm. and I think that made me double down unconsciously. Double, yeah. Just skip. <laughs> it's only the little bits, the little bumper bits, that the main core of the show is all wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, I've got Jimmy in Vermont here. Mm-hmm. Join us, he writes. Five stars. Almost as good as Cultaholic. Almost. So, yeah. I don't know why they're sending griefers our way over the <laughs> over iTunes. I, 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 can, we, can we have some nicer iTunes reviews, folks? Because we will read them out. Is that... How many are there? Oh, there's are loads. There some nice ones. There's loads. Yeah, I went, but it's not as fun to read out the nice ones. No, but it just it helps me. Okay, yeah. it helps me not feel so down because you're just you've just read three bad ones at me. I'm totally here for this. I love the videos and I love the podcast. Also, your accents are cool. Crying with laughter face emoji, which makes it sound a bit disingenuous. Keep up the amazing work, guys. Does that make you feel a bit better? That's it. That's fine. Do you want another pick me up? Um, no, I'm all right, thank you. Uh, this is easily my favorite wrestling podcast. Thank you, undisputed ninja. Uh, Consistently adequate from Robert Stanley. That's quite nice. Mm. I like that. That's understated. That's what she said. Um, Jesus, the best in the world. That's their account name. That's their Apple account. Uh, they said, a great wrestling podcast with insightful and humorous individuals. Mm. Mm. Back to Aquaman. Back to Aquaman. I don't know what else I can add, really, other than a recommendation for <clears throat> not everyone will enjoy it. Do you think that it's a bit weird that they've gone full crazy Aquaman with Jason Momoa Aquaman from Justice League? Mm. Was it just at Dawn of Justice? Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, no, Dawn of Justice was Batman v Superman, but they were in it, were they not? No, Aquaman they... wasn't in. No, they were in Justice. Just, they were Justice in Justice League. League. Sorry. Uh, well, that it's it's sort of the hangover of Snyder's vision, isn't it? Mm. Zack Snyder, who was a director, do you think it did all be, the DCU. Do you think it will be retconned, or do you think they'll double down on this? I. It seems to me the way they're going is creating a kind of Elseworlds DC movie verse where you can just have superhero movies that are unconnected. Because mm. they're doing the Joker movie that's going to be its own thing. They're doing another Batman movie with Matt Reeves. That seems it's like it's going to be its own thing. The only reason Aquaman's tied to the previous continuity is because it was already in production before everyone realised how much money it was losing. Mm. So, okay, so in a world in which we're going to get standalone DC characters having their own mm. movies, who's your outsider pick? Someone you would love to see have a movie uh, that hasn't had one. Booster Gold! Right. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle team up. Yes, what about you? Animal Man. Animal Man would be good. I want the, the Rock World storyline wow. in a film. That's intense. I love that. I think so, you want to. It was it was a brutal read. Yeah. Uh, especially with all the crossover with uh, Swamp Thing as well. Fantastic though, mm. amazing. Yeah, Scott Loved Snyder it. and Jeff Lemire yes. teaming up creative minds. It was like they got their it own was little. So gross as yeah. well. Who who was the artist for Animal Man? Oh, he was great. Yeah, it was like horrible. It was like the end of Inside levels mm. of like fleshy weirdness. <laughs> Well, that's, uh, yeah. So check out all those things, all those niche things we recommended 
they're all good. And sorry, we'll talk about sports for that guy who who doesn't want all the geek stuff. And what do you think that guy to, wants? I have to watch some sport. What sports? I like yeah. snooker. How dare you assume that all wrestling fans are into these other things? Mm. We never, I don't think we assumed that anyone was into those things. We just, I, I was under the, the impression... Natu- you asked me what I did this week. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I was under the impression the podcast was where we got to talk about stuff we like <laughs> other than wrestling. But it's never. Cool. It's cool. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, I'll be back with Luke tomorrow. And then you'll be back with Luke for NXT. But also, we'll all be back together. Because this is Royal Rumble weekend. Mm. I'm actually... I woke up this morning after watching Raw. And although it wasn't the best episode of Raw, I was like... It's Royal Rumble. It's the Rumble. I love the Rumble. I do love the Rumble. Yeah. And um, also, just take over Phoenix as well. Which is going to be awesome, as they always are. going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we are going to all do prediction shows, so two different prediction shows going up later this week. And you can now compete against us in the predictions, thanks to the visionary, the new format, Wrestle League, where if you are a five dollar or above Patreon backer, you can get to send in your predictions. We'll put a link to like a Google form, and you fill out yours, and you will appear alongside our prediction rankings. In the Wrestle League. So you can go up against me, Luke, and Laurie directly. And Randy Datsun, who is running away with it currently. Yeah, just weirdly coincidentally... Also runs the spreadsheet. Both Mm. managing all the submissions (laughs) and is way in advance in the league. I'm going to ask him to record record and send his predictions ahead of shows. Yeah. And he'll he'll go, oh, but I... He he enters a really weird pitch when he has to defend himself. It's called the lying pitch, is what it's called. Oh, I don't know what to do. (laughs) James Dixon saw this first. Yeah. Well, anyway, go over to there, to Patreon, to get involved in that. And uh, what does Luke say? I love you. Bye. Bye. That was not comfortable with glasses. (laughs) Do you see... Where are the glasses for the ramble ones? Uh, I sort of just... I don't normally wear it for the ramble ones. Oh, I'm hungry. I've got mac and cheese for lunch. Oh, nice.